The following segment is from NFL University on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Obviously, the Dolphins have really pushed all in this offseason. You know, last season they made some moves and, and tried to improve the roster a little bit. And now this is the offseason where they're saying, okay, we're going for it. We're going to know what we have in Tua after this season. If this thing does not work out, we got to get another quarterback. And based on everything that we know about Tua, and I know Tua Non is probably waiting in the wings to jump on anybody who's doubting him after this move. Oh, waiting. It's starting. <laughs> their, you know, their offensive line, much better. Signed Teron Armstead, best left tackle on the open market. Uh, you know, they bring in Chase Edmonds and, and add to their running back depth. And now they have Jalen Waddle, who looks like one of the most exciting young wide receivers in the NFL. And you add Tyreek Hill, all of a sudden, that's probably the fastest wide receiver duo in the NFL. But you've got a quarterback who doesn't throw the football downfield. So I'm curious how that's all going to play out. So, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle who I, I feel like Jalen Waddle is going to be a star. Um, might not be this year, but eventually in the NFL, he will be a star. I think Raheem Mostert also makes them very good. Just, I guess, a lot more dangerous because, again, the speed aspect. There's no simulating the type of speed Tyreek Hill has, Jalen Waddle has, Raheem Mostert has. So their explosiveness should, should be a lot better. Um, going from Teron Armstead to Austin Jackson, that is what we call an upgrade um, in the NFL. Jackson just looked lost time after time again and just even adding Connor Williams from the Cowboys I mean it's not you know he's not a game record or anything but just a body and that's what they need they didn't have any semblance of a running game last year Um, but it also it always comes back to like what teams are going to do with Tua like what is Mike McDaniel going to run the the same RPO that the 49ers ran time and time again with just a backside slam because eventually knowing who their quarterbacks are um, teams are going to like, why would you line up a safety further than 10 yards when your quarterback is to like when you're facing to So I think that's going to be the, the big challenge for Mike McDaniel um, just to see how he threatens every level of the, or every level of the defense. Because again, what have we seen from Tua to show that he can complete passes consistently outside the numbers? So um, I think one of the biggest talking points so far though, this morning just has been surrounding Tua and I, what I think we should talk about is like what what the Dolphins really want to do at quarterback because obviously Teddy Bridgewater is not the long term answer. And by bringing in Teddy, you would think that two is not the long term answer. Either. So maybe they're looking down the road at you know Ohio State, CJ Shroud, uh, Bryce Young, whoever is in the draft to come. But um, this this seems like a big picture move, and they're just taking advantage of the rookie contracts that they have. So they're going to bring in a bunch of good players, which is never a bad thing, and then figure it out as they go, which I'm I'm cool with. The the thing with Miami's offensive roster construction, none of it seems super cohesive to me. And and that's not to say Chris Greer, what what a hell of a two days. But like you you landed the number one free agent on the market in Tarama Armstead, and then you landed Tyreek Hill, which I don't think like anyone even really realized was like on the market. Uh, so that that's not to take away from that, but people people make the Tehran Armstead thing into like, hey, they found their Trent Williams, they're gonna run, you know. San Francisco scheme. I, I don't think San Francisco scheme necessarily fits to it super well. Like you got to kind of like be in the gun, do all the RPO stuff. Like I don't think him being under center is like a great situation for the team, but 
even then, like the first signing the team made was signing a fullback, right? And then, and then they gave uh, what's the name Ingold a solid amount of money too, um, and and made him, I believe, at the time the second highest paid fullback in the league until uh, Patrick Card ended up yep. signing uh, back with the Baltimore Ravens. So now he's top three or whatever. The, is there an offense where like Tyreek and Waddle fit? with Tua and there's a fullback on the field. Like all these things are like, it's hard for me to understand how all these pieces of the puzzle end up fitting together, especially considering the fact like KP, you've seen this offense firsthand with the San Francisco 49ers. I've seen a version of this offense firsthand with the Green Bay Packers. They like big wide receivers. Like there's not really room to have more than one smaller type of wide receiver with the way that they try to, block safeties with wideouts with the condensed formations all that stuff um yeah i think, I think it's important the- to tell people why they like big wide receivers and not just saying that's right. the reason why is because condensed formations tight, creep tight up splits, into safeties yeah you have to be able to go inside the box and cut off a linebacker or cut off a safety that's stuck in so um that will be a challenge there's no doubt about it the the packers i know for reference the last two years right so like since lafleur has had you know Full full off season process, be able to kind of like say like who his guys are. They ninety percent of their snaps at wide receiver have come from guys who are like two ten or or bigger. And the only exception to that rule is Randall Cobb, and that's because you know general manager Aaron Rodgers hand picked him <laughs> to to play in Green Bay, and it didn't seem like he really wanted to play him anyway outside of like third downs. But it, it's it's hard for me to see how all of this stuff is cohesive like in isolation like yeah this is a great addition but we got to remember like when you're running if you're running the Tua offense we just saw him through throw a safety to Jalen Waddle last season right and one of the things the Kansas City Chiefs I guess one of the unique things about the Kansas City Chiefs is they lined up so wide with their wide receivers sometimes um, that they didn't necessarily have to block you know a hat on a hat in the run game because Tyreek was a guy, you know, catching bubble screens and stuff like that. Well, now if Waddle is also on the field, like, is Waddle going to block for Tyreek? Like, I, how, how does this – how does all this stuff work? I, I still really don't understand, especially considering oh. the fact, like, Gasecki, tight end, franchise tag, he's a glorified wide receiver. Like, he, he him, and, him and Kelsey are probably the two guys who, like, shouldn't even count as tight ends, like – in like on on positions like I, i'd be pretty mad if i were Gusecki and i got the tight end tag because i i would have been fighting doing the jimmy graham argument with the league saying hey i'm a whiteout i don't even line up there you can listen to the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the sb nation nfl show wherever you get your podcasts